Welcome to Real Estate Investing Unscripted, a podcast from Fun That Flip, where we explore some of the most creative, innovative, and inspiring stories from the real estate investor community. With expert tips and success stories you won't hear anywhere else, you'll come away with inspiration on how to improvise in the unscripted world that is real estate investing so that you can dominate your next real estate deal. Now your host, founder and CEO of Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rodak, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip. And I'm uh, super excited about our guest today, Rosario Terraciano, who is the CEO and founder of Click Invest, which is a super cool technology enabled brokerage, which, um, you know, it, it actually specifically for real estate investors. And we'll, we'll hear more from Rosario about what they do. But first, let's, uh, let's welcome uh, Rosario to the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Matt. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity here, man. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time. So maybe just get us going. Tell us a little bit more about Click Invest, maybe first, and kind of how it came to be, and where you guys are at, and, and you know what you're what you're all about. Cool. Um, well, I got in the business. I got in real estate in 2003. Traded futures before that, and then because of a series of events that happened in my life, I uh, got into real estate. Dove into it head first. Uh, worked for an REO broker. For the first couple of years, this is going back to 2003. So wholesale for the first couple of years in 2005, got the itch, started rehabbing for myself, uh, built a small rental portfolio, was doing a ton of flips as well. Um, got married in 2005. We had our oldest son in 2007, lost everything in 2008. Ooh. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, great timing. Um, so the market turned and I was not ready for it and got completely wiped out. Um all along the way, though, I've been blessed with good mentors and good people in my life and, and good people around me. And uh, one of them in 2009 blew the doors wide open for me and started connecting me to a lot of servicing companies. So when I say servicing companies, these were the companies that were now selling all of these foreclosed properties, right, for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and all these big institutional companies. Mm -hmm. So we launched Resurrecting Real Estate in 2009. And quickly became one of the top REO brokerages in our state. So all we did was sell REO properties. And we went from selling in our first year 150 homes to in our top year 2013, we sold 640 homes. Wow. Um, yep. So we were nationally rec recognized. I mean, we were ranked fourth nationally by Wall Street Journal for units sold. And it was just a straight incline. It was like a rocket ship. And... Um, what ended up happening, though, like most rocket ships, they have to come down, right? <laughs> so, uh, so straight up. And then in 2014, um, one of our largest clients, because it was it was really the perfect storm for us. We were selling properties for the banks, and then we started working with hedge funds that were buying properties, um, which that was a lot of fun. So uh, up until 2014, when our biggest client uh, decided they were done buying gave us a phone call and said, hey, great job. Uh, we'll call you if we need you. So I went from a staff of 60 um, over the next six months, had a, had a funnel that down to six. So it was a complete bloodbath. Um, but so you, through, you've, you've ridden a few waves here then in, in the different cycles. Yeah. I had somebody tell me once that I, I must have a really high tolerance for pain. Probably <laughs> 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 well, the abuse I put myself through. Um, yeah. It's it's all about enjoying the process, though. I guess they say, right? 
I'm still trying to find the enjoyment in it, but yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. So, so 2014, your, your biggest buyer says, Hey, we're done. Um, how did that kind of lead into, so, so you had to, you had to go down to kind of a skeleton organization. Um, how did that, how did that kind of lead you to where you're at today then? Great question. So, um, I've always been a systems guy. And when I work with these, these banks on the sell side and then work with these hedge funds on the buy side, they saw that and that's what drew them to us. So, um, I was been a systems guy, but I, I like the Henry Ford and unfortunately assembly lines with human capital is very, very expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, my payroll was 150 K a month and I had 60 people. I had this giant machine running, but it was a very manual process and it worked and we did volume, but it was very expensive. So when our biggest clients stopped buying and I had to scale back, I knew we had something because we had lenders and we had investors approaching us saying, hey, well, you did this for these big funds. Can you do it for us? And I'm like, oh, gosh, how do, how do we rebuild this now but without all the overhead? And then that's really where the idea for Click Invest was born. Um, it was born out of that pain. Um, and essentially what it is, what Click Invest is, is we automated 80% of the process that we needed humans to do, right, created a lot of efficiencies in our system and I mean, added algorithms and data feeds and using big data. And I don't want to say AI just yet, but we're pretty close to it. Um, but definitely machine learning and, and just understanding how the market works to funnel and find the best deals in the market and then get those out to our clients. So, 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 uh, so walk us, walk us back a little bit. How, how does it work? How does click invest work? Like where, where are you guys getting data in? What are you doing to it? And kind of how is that helping, you know, your clients inform buying decisions? Cause you, cause you're mostly, I think representing on the, on the buy side right now, right? Yes. All buy. I mean, we do disposition as well. So we do list for our clients, um, at a discounted rate. Um, but acquisition is our bread and butter by far. Um, so I'll, I'll walk through it. So in, in the old days, right which is how a lot of investors still do this. Um, You know, you set up a search in Redfin or you set up a search on the MLS or your broker does for you and it's constantly refreshing and then properties will hit, but then you've got to take those addresses and then either dump them into a deal calculator, right? But then you start making all these assumptions like what can I sell it for and what's the rehab estimate? And then based on that, what can I offer? And then based on that, what's my return on investment? So you're dropping a lot of this, these data points into a, an Excel sheet or an analyzer or whatever mm-hmm. just to determine if the property is worth going after, right? Yep. Um, and then the next step is, fine, you determine that a property is worth going after, and now you set up an appointment. So maybe you go out to it the day after it hits the market. So you, you get out there, and you and I both know the market's uber competitive right now. So you get out to the property, and there's 15 guys there. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is this is a joke, right? So you still proceed to move forward and really uh, walk through the property with your contractor, get the bid together, do all that, going back and forth, haggling, overpricing, um, and then you finally get you finally get set on a number, and now you ask your broker to submit the offer. Well, now you may be two days in, right? Yep. yep. Um, so your broker submits the offer, and the deal's gone. Um, so all that time, all that energy wasted on one deal. Um, with Click Invest, what we've done is we've eliminated all that back and forth. So through data feeds and through algorithms, um, and just for you guys that don't understand what an algorithm is, just think of it as a giant filter, right? So 
think of, you know, when you go to Redfin, you drop in an address, you enter some criteria, and it spits out addresses. Well, those addresses are great, but there's no investment criteria baked into it. So in our system, um, deals are coming to you based on whatever you filled out in your profile. So it's like your, your shopping list. You enter what you want. You enter what your cost is. So if you're working with Fund That Flip, you'd enter what your interest rate is, what your points are. You'd enter your buy side cost, your sell side cost. So all of your costs are baked into every single deal. And then once you hit enter, deals will start populated in your dashboard based on whatever you selected in your profile. And you're going to see what the estimated net profit is and what that return on investment is based on your profile. So that, that's that's more or less kind of saying, hey, we're make, we've got to make some assumptions around how much work has to go into this property. But if we bound it at fifty to eighty grand or whatever whatever the bound is around the the rehab portion of the budget, you you can pretty quickly back into here's kind of the max we should offer on this property. So so are your are, are, are your clients then kind of submitting offers property unseen? Yes, and what separates us is the algorithm filters. But every deal that gets placed in the dashboard or gets emailed to the client is vetted by an in-house analyst. So our rehab figures are going to be pretty dialed in based on our experience, um, which I didn't I didn't mention this, but my partner works for one of the largest hedge, real estate hedge funds in the world. So between the two of us, we've done over 7,000 transactions and have analyzed over 100,000 properties. So we put our brain power together and based on market knowledge, a whole different set of variables, we can get pretty close on what what that rehab is going to cost, um, depending on whether it's a cosmetic or a gut rehab, right? So gotcha. the, the system will make assumptions, but then the in-house analyst, who are both licensed, one's a licensed uh, appraiser, one's a licensed broker, will then dive into that address, spend a few minutes and confirm, yes, based on what we're seeing here, here's the rehab number, here's the ARV, and then here's what we suggest you start at as far as a good offer. So gotcha. the investor can click submit offer with confidence and get their offer in sight unseen without having to walk that property. Very, 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 very cool. And this, this all obviously sounds cool conceptually. I'd love to love to like know that this is real, right? I know it is real, <laughs> so I could ask this question. Like, You guys are doing a, a decent amount of properties per month at this point through this exact system, right? Like, This is, this is working for people. Yes. Yeah. So we're sending out um, on a weekly basis, it's about 150 properties that go out through our platform to our community. And that's just in the Chicagoland market. So anybody that's like, oh man, there's there's not enough deals out there. Well, we're sending out 150 deals a week within a 60 mile radius. So there's a lot of opportunities there. And then based on that, our clients are submitting about 200 to 250 offers a week um, off of those 150 properties. Um, so there's a lot of bandwidth and then on a monthly basis, our hit rate tends to fall around 5%. So if you, if you know anything about direct mail or any type of marketing, um, it's not a bad number, but it's still, it's a volume numbers game. Yeah. So, you know, if we submit a thousand offers on a monthly basis, I mean, to get 50 accepted, which is really the goal is, is attainable. And we do it quite consistently on a monthly basis. I'd say 50 to 60 accepted a month. That's great. It's really, it's really cool. So as you know, and, and you've, you've seen a lot of different parts of these cycles, you know, our, our show is called Real Estate Investing Unscripted because we like to hear from our guests um, things that you've seen either at a project level or a market level that you're like, whoa, 
didn't read about this in any of the books or at any of the seminars or like from any of my mentors, like what was that story? Um, kind of what, what happened and how have you used that to kind of plan and inform, um, either, you know, your current business or helping, helping your clients and how they think about their business. Great question. So a lot of you guys, I'm sure, um, you know, you watched a TV show or you read a book or you went to a seminar and that's what, what got you excited. Um, for myself personally, uh, just getting vulnerable here. I was I was in a really dark place in 2002, 2003. I was trading futures and it just wasn't going anywhere and clerking during the floor of the exchange. And I literally had uh, a huge major life event where I was in a pretty dark place, started reading a book, and that book led me to the Bible and literally changed my life. So got my head clean, stopped doing a lot of nonsense that I was stuck in. And now I'm, I've got this clear mind and I, I jump into a real estate book and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out and become this big real estate tycoon. And like most investors, you end up going big too fast, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so just to give you an example, in the last few years, I've come across investor after investor after invest- investor that jumps into real estate because something happened in their life and now they want to take a totally different direction and their head's in the right place, right? They want to build a legacy for their family and they want to provide for their parents or, you know, for their great grandchildren, you know, and leave this crazy legacy. Um, But then they're sold on, you got to go big, right? So just over the last few years, to give you an example, investor after investor after investor that took on, whether it was a new construction or a two flat deconversion or building the second story addition, because that's the stuff that sells, when you're watching HDTV, right? That's the stuff when you turn on the TV, it's like, oh man, look at that massive project. I want to do that. Well, most of the clients that I know that went into those types of projects didn't win. And they came out, a lot of them came out pretty beat up, right? So the best advice I can give somebody is real estate is a business no different than any other business. And you need to build it on the right foundation and you need to have the right principles in place. And for me, working with guys that have done hundreds of flips or own hundreds of rentals, it's literally keeping it very, very simple. And it's focusing on a a segment of the market that's repeatable, that's scalable, um, that you can balance and protect your downside risk on, that if a property doesn't sell, God forbid, you can rent it out and still be okay. Um, where a lot of investors, unfortunately, they're sold the wrong information and they jump in head first and go big and their entire future rests on one deal. And if that one deal goes sideways, they're out of the business. Yeah. I forget who said it, but someone said like they love boring businesses because boring businesses like make money. Like my business has been designed to be like very, very boring, <laughs> which I think is like, that's, that's, I think the big disservice that a lot of these shows do is they try to like make the, make the, this business super sexy. And I'm, I'm with you. Like, I love the, you know, depending on the market you're in, maybe in Chicago, it's an 1800 square foot, you know, three, two yep. that like, you know, if you, if you can't sell it for what you want to, you can put a tenant in there and, and get a, get a 10% cap rate and like still make good money. Right. Um, boring, but, uh, but, but, you know, also not boring to be making money. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and you and I both know a gentleman by the name of Andrew Holmes, like yeah. he's, he's built his business on boring and now he's doing a lot of fun things, right? Like he bought a plane and has a sports car, has all this stuff. Well, yeah. And he built all that on a, off of a boring business. So 
the business doesn't have to be exciting. The business needs to be profitable. And that'd be the other thing I whip at the listeners is you have to understand your margin. Your, your gross margin is gross. It doesn't mean anything. Okay. Top line means nothing. I was the top broker in Illinois. I was ranked fourth nationally, all that stuff. I made millions of dollars over you know, a, a, a few year period, 9 million bucks within three years, whatever it was. Um, but that means nothing. At the end of the day, my net margin is what mattered. And I didn't understand what margin was. Right. So what do you put in your pocket at the end of the day? It's the only, it's the only thing that counts. It's a scoreboard in this business, right? Yes. And I yeah. mean, I can't, I can't. And it's funny because my kids, I got two boys. I love them. They're 11 and nine. And I wanted to toss all my trophies and all the awards and all the nonsense. I'm like, cause you can't do anything with it. And they're like, Oh no, dad, we want to keep it. So they, I'll walk by the, you know, their rooms and see my you know, top broker and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't cash those. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> like you can't do anything with them, you know? So anytime somebody's just, you know, yapping it up, a lot of it's smoke and mirrors. What you need to understand at the end of the day is what are you putting in your pocket? Like you said, what's your net margin? Um, understand what that is. And then that's how you build your business. Cause gross is, is exactly what it is. It's gross. doesn't mean anything. There's a, there's a, a, a term in the startup world, which, you know, we both kind of operate in around vanity metrics, <laughs> right? These metrics that make everyone feel good and, and are big and they're awesome. But at the end of the day, don't have an impact on a positive or negative impact on the business. Um, yeah. you know, I think that's the other, the other thing that I think I kind of reading between the lines a little bit is, um, you know, decide what you want to be when you're a real estate investor. Is it a business or is it a hobby? Hmm. And if it's a hobby, like it might be okay to take on the cool, sexy project that you can show all of your friends, like all the awesome finishes, like, but just understand it, it's a, it's a hobby and, and hobbies cost money. You don't make mm-hmm. money generally with hobbies. Um, if you truly want it to be a business, you got to separate yourself from what may be perceived as cool or fun or sexy and, and really focus on where you can make money. I, I agree a hundred percent. So Rosario, you guys are you guys are primarily in the Chicago land area right now. What's what's the plan? I think there's some expansion markets in the future. Like what what's kind of in the next call at six to twelve months, and where do you see this going? You know, five years from now for you guys. Yep. So um, we are already licensed in Florida. We're licensed in Georgia, and we're licensed in Minnesota. Um, don't ask about Minnesota. That was just sort of grandfathered in because <laughs> gotcha. we are already licensed there. Um, so we're setting up operations now in Orlando and then Tampa. Um, and then we're going to be opening up an office in, in Atlanta. So, um, from there, I mean, over the next 12 months, we, we really like being, uh, Southeast. We love those markets. So God willing as, as ops pick up in Florida and in Georgia, then, then we'll start branching off into some other States, neighboring States down there. So when you say you're opening offices, are you putting people down there or is this going to yeah. still be your... Okay. Oh yeah. It's boots on the ground. So what we've learned is there was a time where we were licensing this out and the results weren't as good as our local office, what they were doing internally. Cause we built all sorts of tools for the brokerage as well. Um, so we brought everything back in house and we have these pods. So in Illinois, for example, the brokerage team is just a pod of four people and they can service 150 clients and submit hundreds of offers on a weekly basis. So it's a very, very efficient, high margin model. So what we're going to do in each state is just drop another pod. Um, so we already have our team lead in Florida and then we're going to staff up around them and, and off we go. Awesome. So 
investors that are listening, obviously Chicago Land, check out Click Invest. Uh, those of you down in the southeast, keep an eye out for these guys. I think a really cool service that we've um, we've seen some of our clients here even at Fund That Flip benefit from. So, um, to that extent, people want to get a hold of you. How do they? How do they? How do they get a hold of you? If they got follow up questions, or if they want to learn more about what you guys are doing, what's what's the best uh, way to reach out? Yeah, best best thing to do is email me uh, Rosario at clickinvest.com. That's R O S A R I O at clickinvest.com, or hit me up on my cell seven zero eight. 3693151708369 and then depending on the market I'll I'll funnel funnel you to whoever whoever can help and don't be prank calling him. That's the yeah. first time. I, that's the first time I've got a, a cell phone on the podcast. That's awesome. You know what? Yeah, it's the we, level of service you get here at Click Invest, guys. Look uh, at that. Dude, it's it's <laughs> all about that. And you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you could have all the tech in the world. If if the service isn't there, it's it's useless. So. Yeah. Phone, phone calls and texts. Most of most of our borrowers now are on uh, on, on on text chains, so it's it's good stuff. Yep. Well, listen, Rosario, I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us and sharing sharing your story. This was uh, this was super awesome. Thanks so much for for being being part of the show. Hey, you got it, man. I appreciate the opportunity, and you know I'm here for you guys. So anything I can do or any way we can help, we're there. Appreciate that so much. And thank you all out there for listening, uh, for more great resources or to get funding for your next project. Definitely head on over to fundthatflip.com. Otherwise, look forward to uh, to having you with us uh, next time on the next, next show. Uh, your host, Matt Rodak, signing off.